And again, like I'm not sure what's going to happen with CrossFit or not, but I think that competitive mode, like even with college soccer, like playing all four years or anything, like I trained so much when I was young and I think it was always to feel validation from other people. And I think it stems from like having older brothers. I wanted them to like think I could do something so that I would be invited. So I worked really hard to have their approval. And then it was like in high school, I trained so much for soccer. And I think it was because I wanted this idea that I can play division one. So I don't even know if it had so much to do with soccer, but it had more to do with like this validation that I was going to be good enough where I'd fit in. And then when I got into CrossFit my first year, I didn't even know what regionals was. And I just got asked to be on a team. And I was just like trying to prove myself to this group of people that are trusting me as teammates. And I was by far the worst. They were all way more experienced. Um, where I was training each day, like not so much for me or for like, at that point it was just for the events, but like for this, I hated this idea when I was younger that I just needed to be like accepted or like looked at as good enough. So like right now, like where I'm at, I just wanted to be so selfish in like, I'm doing this all for me. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am the host and I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and I'm with my friends. Cat's uh, with me again as always. And Hi. our special guest today is Kelly Baker. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we, it's so awesome. So right off the top, I do have a bone to pick with you before we get into too many of the oh, questions. <laughs> so looking at your Instagram this morning, you said something about Eagles first down. Are you really an Eagles fan? The biggest. Of course. <laughs> Born and raised in Philly. Of course. I know we're like the most hardcore fans. A lot of people don't like us, but we don't care. So I grew up on the other side of Pennsylvania. Okay. So what fan are you? Tell well, me you're a Giants fan. Uh, I used to be a Steelers fan, but I left those in the early 80s okay. uh, for some stupid reason. I'm a, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Okay, wait, do you live in Chicago? I don't, I live in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so I never really understood, like when I was younger, I had like a starter jacket. I was obsessed with, I would just like sit in class, just like, and I don't know why my mom got me like a San Francisco's 49ers one. 
And like my sister had like a Miami Dolphins starter <laughs> jacket. Like, I don't know why my mom got us these, but like, I never understood people that were fans when they don't live there. Like I had a friend that's like a huge Packers fan. I'm like, we live in Philly. Like, is, do you have any tie to the bears? So my, my parents are diehard Steeler fans. Like every gift was a Steeler something. Uh-huh. Um, and it was my way to rebel against them, I think. And, <laughs> in kind of like a not too rebellious way. Yeah. And, and I loved Walter Payton at the time. Okay. Uh, Cause it was the early, early eighties. And, um, and so I just, I, because I loved him, I loved the bears. And then they won the super bowl, like a couple years later so with that like super bowl shuffle guy. group. And then it just <laughs> yeah. stuck. It was a it's super like bowl shuffle. And I'm like, wait, okay. I guess you go get away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that that's that's kind of it. I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh everything else fan, like hockey, baseball. Not Cowboys, so. No, no, no. But but we did lose. The Bears did lose to the Eagles in the double doink game, uh, that still hurts my heart so bad. Uh, and and being from Delaware, it's like a suburb of Philly, so you kind of automatically have to be an Eagles yeah. fan. So I get it. We're good. Two against one, Scott. Sorry. So did you grow up in New Jersey or Philly? So my parents both lived in Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia and I moved over to Jersey in third grade. Uh, But all my family lived in Philadelphia at the time. So I feel like I spent so much of my childhood like still in Philadelphia. And obviously the roots are so deep with my parents both living there. Right now I currently live in a town called Palmyra and it's right on the river. So like a lot of my long distance runs, or I guess technically long distance, I'll run over the Tacconi Palmyra Bridge into Philly like all the time. And like, sometimes I get like a soft pretzel from like the soft pretzel man there and walk around and then run back. So yeah. I, I am an addict of soft pretzels. Ah, any pretzels. That's like my go-to. Yeah. My go-to snack. So do you ever do the, the Rocky run? Uh, yeah, so I did that one year. Uh, which is really cool. I was signed up for that half marathon in Philly. I think it's called the Rock and Roll, but obviously with COVID that got canceled. Um, and then I re-signed up to do the marathon. That would be in November, but that's canceled too. So yeah, but yeah, Philly. Why? Has- why what, what's with all the running, Kelly? Why? Why are you? Why are we running? I know. It's I don't, turning to me. Right? I know, I know. So I did the Atlantic City Marathon probably. That was not last October, so two Octobers ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I kind of got in this like mindset of like, I've been so much in my life saying like one day, like one day I'll do this. Like one day we should take like a cross country trip, like one day. And I felt like I was one of those people that were always saying like, well, one day I'll do this. And then I was like, one day I know I'll do a marathon. Then I was like, will I really? So I just signed up for one. Anyway, it ended up being the Atlantic City one. And it was like horrible weather conditions. There were like probably five people cheering us on the entire race. It was just like almost a tainted experience. I mean, it was cool. My parents were the five, my family were like the five people that were cheering us on. And they like <laughs> came to different stops. They're awesome. They're, my, my family is great with like support and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I almost want that like Boston Marathon experience or something. Cause even the Atlantic City, like, there were so few people that ran it that they said everyone's name as they came through the finish line. And so many people are like, you're going to be so emotional when you like finish. And I was on mile 24 more like, all right, this isn't that bad. I'm just like ready to be done. 
But once I like went through the line and my family's there and they like, Kelly Baker from Cinnamons in New Jersey. I like sort of like, I was so tired, I think too, and run down, like almost started crying. I was like, so I almost awesome. wanted to redo that experience. And like, a, I think it'd be cool to do it in like Philadelphia, like where I have so much tied to. Which would kind of yeah, in cool. a bigger, bigger forum. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what was growing up in Philly and New Jersey like? A lot of sports? Yeah. Uh, like me personally? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. So I'm the youngest of four. So I, everything to me was a competition. Like if I needed to be noticed, that's probably why I'm like loud or outgoing. Um, I, at that point, my parents were like, figure, figure it out. You have to learn how to potty train, figure it out. Like I just was like raised by like my siblings at that point because they were probably so done. Um, but yeah, so I have two older brothers and I just, I love them. They are like, I just looked up to them so much. So I had to be competitive in order for them to like let me play. So I feel like as a little girl, I was just like anything I could get my hands on, like street hockey or, uh, you know, soccer, things like that. I played sports all growing up, but I was so competitive because I needed to, like I would stand in front of the TV just to annoy them so they would like wrestle me or fight me because I loved that like boy competition. I was like the biggest little tomboy. I was also like obsessed with WWF wrestling, like I like spent my allowance on buying pay-per-view like hell in a cell. I like my folders were like mankind undertaker. And I think it was just because I wanted to fit in with them. Um, who, who was your favorite wrestler? Oh, mankind. I had like my own Mr. Sacco. Like I was literally. That like, is, that is so bizarre. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I just like, I think I was just, this ploy in my brother's narrative of like what they needed as like a younger brother that they didn't have. So I would be on the trampoline. I was the lightest so they could like use me as a prop and choke slam me. Like I was just like, yeah, this rag doll that they tossed around. But that kind of like that competitiveness just like took me through sports. So uh, I played soccer, basketball and ran track in high school. And then I played college soccer. And then after college soccer, I kind of got into like the running scene. That's kind of where that came from. Where, where did you go to college? Uh, Mount St. Mary's. It's like oh, okay. a smaller school Mount. at Gettysburg. Yeah. Emmits, Emmitsburg, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I had a boyfriend that went there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, and I loved it. It was such a great experience. Um, but when I got out of college, I like played in a woman's league for soccer. And this is kind of where like, the two competitiveness came in like everyone there was just doing it to have fun and I was still in that like mentality of I can't I'm the worst loser and so I was like all right I need to do something where people aren't going to be like annoyed at me so then I kind of do like the running thing and then I kind of found CrossFit and then that was the end of it. Did, did you play college soccer all four years? Yeah yeah. And, th and that did feed the competitive fire? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I, I think like, I, I said this before, um, like where I'm at now as far as like sports and things, because I'm not even sure what my future looks like, especially with CrossFit, like we're not really even sure what's going to be happening. That like, I don't even know if it's, it's not, has nothing to do with the sport anymore. I just want to like, fit, find something that just makes me super uncomfortable. Like you, we were talking about doing a marathon and like, it's because those things like a marathon scared the shit out of me. Like 
I would look at that as people like, damn, that's a lot of work that needs to be put in or like, damn, that just like seemed really hard to do. So right now, like where I'm at in my life, it has like what I, for, like, what I train for, like things like that. It's more like I'm trying to find these little like goals that just are so intimidating that I'm just like, all right, let's do it. Like, I really think probably within the next two years, I'd love to do like an Ironman just because I think that that is this, one of the coolest, scariest things. Um, and again, like, I'm not sure what's going to happen with CrossFit or not, but I think that competitive mode, like even with college soccer, like playing all four years or anything, like I trained so much when I was young and I think it was always to feel validation from other people. And I think it stems from like having older brothers. I wanted them to like think I could do something so that I would be invited. So I worked really hard to have their approval. And then it was like in high school, I trained so much for soccer. And I think it was because I wanted this idea that I can play division one. So I don't even know if it had so much to do with soccer, but it had more to do with like this validation that I was going to be good enough where I'd fit in. And then when I got into CrossFit my first year, I didn't even know what regionals was. I just got asked to be on a team. And I was just like trying to prove myself to this group of people that are trusting me as teammates. And I was by far the worst. They were all way more experienced. Um, where I was training each day, like not so much for me or for like, at that point it was just for the events, but like for this, I hated this idea when I was younger that I just needed to be like accepted or like looked at as good enough. So like right now, like where I'm at, I just wanted to be so selfish in like, I'm doing this all for me. Like even so many people are asking me like, how bummed out are you that you guys like aren't doing the games or like even with mayhem that just got changed again and there's potential it probably, it might not even happen. Um, and I think I've just come to such terms with the idea that what I'm putting in the hard work, it's not wasted to me. It's like, I get to go to sleep at night and I'm like, that was pretty fucking awesome. Like what you did today or like, whereas before I would be like, get into bed and be like, damn, I got to do that all over again tomorrow. And it was almost this idea like for what? So like my teammates are like, think I'm good enough or like, so that I make regionals or so that I potentially get to the games. It's like, because once you're there, it doesn't really, it's not that awesome. Like it is because you put that work and you know what it is, but like that journey or like knowing what you put in each day, that to me, like each day can be so awesome if you're just like, wow, that was really scary task. And I like was able to complete it. So I think there's having that like childhood of competitiveness, being the youngest, like kind of made me grow up and like, want to be competitive, but also transition to like eventually doing it for me, not for like my older brothers, essentially when I was like this little girl for that approval. So that, that's pretty cool that, okay. would you say like when you were in those competitive sports early on in your life, that that put, that kind of put you in a box, right? That you, you followed this path from that point through college and now you're kind of on a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Right? Yeah, now, that, now that the rails are gone, what, what am I capable of? Yeah, and I think too, like, um, I don't know, like when I, I guess when I grew up, my life was so centered around sports. I grew up with so much structure. Like I didn't have a choice. That's really annoying, sorry. 
I didn't have a choice of, I can mute this. Hopefully you can keep that up. Um, I didn't really get the choice of like, when I was going to do homework or like when I was going to eat dinner, everything from when I was a little girl and like bless my parents for traveling the country for me to like pursue soccer. But it was like, everything was structured. And then when I went to college, it was the same idea, like study hall, you would practice this time. Like I didn't really have that flexibility to like even have self-discovery. Everything was decided for me. Um, so now I'm at this point where I'm like still trying to figure out, like, I don't know, like I had a question after the podcast and I know I posted about it, but it was like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, like, do you still see yourself doing CrossFit? Do you see yourself doing this? And I'm like, I really like have one goal and that's what in five years, I just look back. I'm like, damn, I was like, people really liked me because I treated them right. And I worked really hard and I set really big goals and I probably failed a lot, but I learned a lot. And like almost just trying to be more like this whole life and everything, it's such a cool journey. But if you're only looking at this end result or end goal, you're never going to be happy. And I have so many clients ask me like, how do I get to the next level? Or like, how do I become a competitive athlete? And I like try to explain to them so much that it's just, it, I think to be that next level, you have to be okay with doing a lot of boring things monotonously and having routine, but it also has to be that you're not only doing it to stand on a podium or else you'll never like, cause once you're up there, you're already thinking like, and what is right. pretty cool. Now what's my next goal? Exactly. And like, I, I love that you say like getting to the CrossFit games. Isn't that cool? Because I know that's the, that's the like end game for so many people. And it's not like the day you get there, there's a split that switched and you're like, okay, now I'm a games athlete. Yeah. Uh, and no one's like throwing you money and, and everything else. It's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Like when we were in, when we made the games in, um, we competed in Ireland and I have really bad performance anxiety and actually it's been since I've been little and I think it's just putting a lot of pressure on myself. But so I like heard this um, podcast, this guy saying like different ways that you can cope with it. Like my coach and I have worked on different breathing techniques or things, but I was super, super anxious leading up to Ireland because it was our last or kind of like our biggest chance that we thought we were going to make games, even though it was the first sanctional, we were like, we were peaked at that point because we had just got off Paris, but we didn't make the games. So other teams were so peaked at a certain point, but I felt like we were the most ready and this podcast talked about what you're supposed to do is like, or one thing you do is like say out loud all the things that you're really excited about, but then like record yourself also saying like, what is your biggest fear of this event that's coming up? And my biggest weakness is muscle ups. So I say this whole recording of like my biggest, I'm excited to compete in this potential chance, but my biggest worries at the last comp the last event of the weekend is going to come down to me needing to do a big set of muscle ups and me just like failing and losing it for the team. Like I'm just, my biggest fear is that this, there's going to be one workout at the very end and I like still have the video and we get to Ireland and we're in day three and we're sitting in second place and the last workout gets announced 
and it's like a huge set of muscle ups that Brooke and I have to do. And it's like this whole idea of like, fuck, oh my God, it's happening. But this idea of this podcast is like, once you get it out there and like put it out in the world that you've already experienced it. So I've like already saw it happening in my head and I was just like, fuck it, let's go. And like went it up, you know, winning Ireland and like running through the finish line, we ended up taking second in that event, which put us in first place. We knew we had to take top three. And I was like so emotional, like crying. And so many people were like, damn, I saw how emotional you were that you guys made games. That's awesome. And I wanted to say to them, it had nothing to do with games. It had everything to do with me, like chasing down this really scary task that I have feared for so long and just like already put it out there. When I got back on the plane to go home from Ireland, it's just like me by myself. And I just like rewatched the video of me saying how scared I was and just like, again, crying. Like, and I think that's what I mean by like loving this journey that it's more about like taking pride in like things that you're doing and like stepping out of your comfort zone. That's the only way you're going to grow. I think as like an individual. And I just think so many of us, including me, still play it so safe of like what the potential that we have. And that's what I'm chasing right now. Like it has nothing to do with CrossFit or about my teammates or about anyone else, but like me having those little moments of like being proud of my own self, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, You're talking to two wise old people. Um, (laughs) Kat, 47 years old, she quit her corporate job uh, to chase what she loves. Um, I started a podcast at 50. Uh, No. And it's, it's fun. Like we're having so much fun. But it's also like super scary putting yourself in vulnerable positions like that. Like even with like teaching, like I'm a teacher and sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that's my true like calling. Like a part of me would love to start a nonprofit or like, I would love to do something that I love with nutrition, but with kids. And I have like a really big like heart for childhood obesity and like, kind of like something like that. And there's that same idea, like someday I could do this someday. I couldn't like the idea of quitting a job that's so comfortable pays like, well, you have good insurance. It's going to feel like, how could you ever leave that? I'm like, because I don't want to play it safe in life. And I think that that's the hardest thing for so many of us is it's in our culture to find the shortest cut or the most comfortable route. We're really like, I don't think you'd look back on yourself and be as proud. Like I'm sure a cat, like looking back, you're like, how cool, how ballsy was I to do that, to go chase something I love or like start a podcast. It's like, no one might listen to this. Like that is, so I'm putting myself in such a vulnerable position, but like that growth that you're making of yourself or people that you meet along those journeys. Like, I think that is the coolest thing. Yeah, for sure. How old are you, Kelly? Uh, 28. You're 28. And what, what do you teach? I teach fourth grade. Wow. Okay. Virtually right now. So who knows mm. what the next year will look like, but we'll see. It's kind of a bummer that Amy's not here. She is all about the kiddo. She is a, the director of a preschool here in Columbus. Oh, very um, cool. And so she, um, that's really her passion. Like she, she found what it is that doesn't feel like going to work every day. Yeah. Yeah, like it's so funny. I feel like my 
what I love about teaching has nothing to do with curriculum. And that's where I feel like I'm not, not doing a disservice, but like the most feedback I get back from parents is more so like me being more motivational to the kids and especially girls. Um, then it is so much of like what I could really be doing as far as like in the classroom. I think they can go hand in hand though, but like, I just wish I had a mentor when I was like a little girl about what healthy looked like or like kind of like what that image was or even how to be healthy, like not a knock on my parents. They raised four kids, but we definitely ate like nowhere near what I'm eating right now because they were still just trying to get by with four kids, which I totally understand. But I really struggled as a kid about like the way that I looked like I was a, an athlete. So I started young, I was built this way, but my image of what I want it to look like was just never going to be in my cards. Like I wanted to be 5'10 and like a Victoria's Secret model. And like, I'm it, like, that's not my build. And I just remember feeling as like a little girl, like very insecure to have like bigger legs or certain arms or like have muscles and it's just been like such a cool process to be a part of this like group of women right now that are like displaying or like representing like health and what that can look like for these little girls like I've had so many of my girl students like wanting to like to get muscles or do crossfit with kids or things like that and I just see that shift and I wish so badly that I didn't spend the first 14 years of my life like disliking that I wasn't looking a certain image that the only way I was getting there was to be unhealthy. And I like, well, that would be like something I would love is just like, or I think it's so cool now, even like just even the whole process of girls taking on different roles that were not technically girl-like. And that's like one thing that I've been probably people think I'm like a feminist, but like little things bother me. Uh, Glennon Doyle, who wrote the book Untamed, she even talks about like how culturally we like create this idea that females and males have certain personality traits just because of the way that we're born. And like even how, like if you look at deodorants, for example, like a male's deodorant is big and red and says like bold strong it's only verbs and then you look at like a girl's unit it's like light blue it says like lavender or soft and it's like this stigma that just because you're a male or female you should be acting a certain way or identify as a certain way whereas like I'm just so glad that things in our culture are shifting and girls are taking on these crazy you know corporate jobs or lifting weights or you know not fearing anything and i'm just like i don't know i'm not even sure what i want to be when i grow up but whatever it is i want it to be something that's just like modeling a healthier more motivated like lifestyle something like that yeah i love it i i i found a, a thing of old spice in my 15 year old daughter's backpack the other day so nice. there you go <laughs> you're teaching her well <laughs> Well, let's let's go back and and find out why why you started CrossFit. You were competitive all through college. You started running after college. What flipped the switch to to CrossFit? Yeah, so I used to work Penn soccer camps, 
and it would be like, we didn't make that much money, but it was a make money, but it'd be a bunch of like division one soccer players all would work this camp. And it was more so, so we could train together all summer to get ready for the season and to make some money, but we would be like coaching these camps. They'd be overnight. And this one girl, Emma Harrison, who's now Emma Chapman, uh, she was also working the camps, but she was one year out of college. And she was like, do you want to go to the gym with me? I'm doing CrossFit. I was like, I don't know what that is, but like, I don't lift weights. I just like run, getting ready for soccer. So anyway, I go to the gym with her and she had like an EMOM. It was a 10 minute EMOM of three kipping pull-ups. And she still has a video of me like trying to do it. Like I couldn't do a kipping pull, oh, any pull-up. Um, but like, so anyway, that was my first exposure to CrossFit. And then like a year later, she like reached out to me. She's like, I really think you should do CrossFit. So I ended up going to like a local box and like fell in love with it. But to come full circle, Emma is a games athlete now. And we still keep in contact. And I haven't seen her since that camp. She actually texted me today and I'm not making that up showing me a picture that popped up on her like time hop or something, but her and I still talk and had, that's such like an example of CrossFit community, um, probably once a month about CrossFit. And I haven't seen her in five years, but she's like, you know, if you don't know her or not, she, you know, performs really well in the open. She would be a games athlete this year, but she, yeah, she's such a stud, but yeah, she exposed me to it. And I kind of just like fell in love since, you know, walking in that to like my, my local box. That, that's a really cool first mentor yeah. into the yeah. sport. Yeah. Um, so, so then you, you mentioned that you uh, joined the team Parallax in 16. Yeah. Uh, on a six person team back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was like, uh, kind of like one of those things where I just started out. I started out in 2015 and then at six in six, like going into that 16 season, I, again, I have a beach house and Parallax is right on the corner. So I was like, someone was like, yeah, uh, Rachel has a gym, this girl, Rachel Goldenberg, if you want to check it out. So I do a workout with her. And like the next day she texted me like, we need another girl. Like, do you want to join our team? And I was like, I don't really know what that means. Like, what do you, what's <laughs> like, I didn't understand anything. And at that time, so again, I think I'm so grateful for that experience because I had to get good. And I had to get good quick because they were all really good. Like I didn't even have butterfly pull-ups at that time. And we like ended up making regionals and then made games that year. Um, but at that time you had to train, I think it was like 70% of your training had to be together as a team. So I spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday sleeping at Rachel's with Kelsey Keel. And, you know, now both those girls are sisters to me. It was such a cool experience, but uh, yeah, it's just like, kind of like molded me into this like I if if it wasn't for that I don't think I would be as far in the sport as I am just because I didn't have that like lag period of like two years and then trying doing the open and things it was just like oh I'm just like here you just have to like, <laughs> like get thrown yeah like let's go yeah I love it it was awesome yeah so after, after that year you actually went individual for a couple of years yeah uh and I think you finished a seventh and thirteenth yeah. In the East Regional? Yeah. So after we went team, it's still that same idea that, like, I was still in that mindset where I was doing it for everyone else. And we broke up. Kelsey ended up moving. Lipsy ended up moving. Paul has, like, kids and stuff. And 
uh, the owner of my gym, who was my coach at the time said to me like, why don't you just try to go individual? So I had one goal and it was like to make regionals. And again, for the reason why I wanted to make regionals was to tell and show everyone else that I could make regionals. So once I made regionals that year in 2017, like I already fulfilled that goal. And that's like that idea too, of like making goals that like that goal scared me, but it's not like making games. Like I didn't just say like, I hope I make games. So once I made regionals, I was like, okay, whatever happens at regionals, like cool. And I remember the first event at regionals that year, looking around and being at like a similar pace to Carrie Pierce in the first event. And I remember thinking, I need to slow down. Like, what, <laughs> like who do I think I am right now? Um, and I think I took like seventh in that, that first event. And I was kind of like, oh, that event must've been a good one for me. Then the next event, like kind of went in my favor and I'm like, the hell's happening. And it wasn't until like day three, I'm getting interviewed, like you could be the fifth place position. I'm like, what? No. And so that idea of just like not believing in myself. And it was so much because I said, like I was doing it not for me. I was, I already knew in my head, like people will be proud of me no matter what I get right now. So it doesn't really matter. And I was kind of holding myself back. So in 20, so I ended up taking seven and then in 20, 18, like I gave every bit of my being into CrossFit. All I wanted was to make the games, like as an individual. Like when I say give up things, like I didn't go to my brother's, like he got engaged, like their engagement party, because I just like had to train. Like nothing was standing in my way. And I hate this part of my life because when I went to regionals that year, like I had a really great open finish that year. I think I was like, seventh in the northeast going in that year whatever it was in, in worldwide i think i was like 63 so i was just like felt so confident and when i got there i think i just either too early or i put too much pressure on myself but i didn't make it obviously i took 13. it was and that damn triple three <laughs> actually all my best finish that year i think i took a um but yeah i just was like so fatigued the whole week and i didn't know what was going on Anyway, so I, again, if I had the mindset I have now, I would just be like, things just didn't fall in your favor. But I felt so sorry for myself. Like, I was so mad and angry. Like, like as if I'd, I deserved to make it. Like, I was owed it. That's kind of like my, my mentality. Like, I should have made it. Like, I deserved fifth place. And it was like, then I was just in like a bad, angry state. And I had, like, I wasn't proud of all that work that I put in leading up to it or all of like the time and sacrifice that I made just because all I cared about was getting on the podium to be in fifth place. So that was like really where my mindset shifted from like, I need to stop doing things for one, anyone else, or even two, like for a title or for this. Like, I just want to do something where I'm just like proud of myself each day. And because of that, I feel like I'm growing so much more, not just as like an athlete, but as a person or like even like allowing different experiences in my life with relationships. Like I don't want, yeah, like I know you have to give up things, but like to not show up in my brother's engagement party, like, I don't know, like I know that there's sacrifice, but I want to make sure that I'm well balanced around more so than anything right now. And will I ever make games as an individual? Maybe, maybe not if I'm not willing to sacrifice everything like that. But I think like 
I still want to be able to run a marathon, even though it might set up, mess up my training. Like things like that is kind of where it shifted. And you started doing some like fun events, like Wadapalooza with your girls. Yeah. And it's like another bummer. Like that was always the one event that Kelsey and I and Rachel at the time, you know, she ended up having a baby, but, um, we like made this little pact, like whether we all become individual game athletes or like, you know, Kelsey at that point went team when I was going indie, like even if our team was putting together something like this was going to be the one event that we stayed together in a hotel room again and competed for fun and just like didn't take ourselves seriously. And then they got rid of three person team. And then it was like <laughs> pressure again. We were like, damn, like we just want one where we could just like go and have fun. Uh, but this year was like a prime example of like, um, it was me, Christian Harris, Brooke, um, and Dex was having a baby. So we had Tim Polson join us and all of us had made the game. So Tim had made it as an individual. We had already, so we went to Wadapalooza and just had like so much fun with no pressure, um, which was like, that's what it should be all about. And yeah, I don't know. So unfortunately, Wadapalooza got rid of three person team, but I think it's still one of those competitions that it's so competitive for teams uh, that it's almost more fun to just get on a fun, good team and, you know, however it all works out, it'll work out. So you mentioned fun, good team um, and you mentioned Ireland earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what brought this wacky group of four people together uh, yeah. in the first, I, I, I understand we've had, um, Dex and Brooke on already. Yeah. That it, it, that it was a trip to France. Uh-huh. But, but what pulled you four together? Yeah, we actually have to thank Chandler Smith because Chandler was like the, he wanted to go team for Paris. So I've, Chandler is like kind of, he's from everywhere with being in the army. <laughs> he like claims Philly is his home base. It's not, but he wants it to be. Uh, so I've like known Chandler just like through Instagram. So we've kind of chatted here and there. Um, and then he, uh, I met Dex at Wadapalooza that year and him and I hit it off. Like he's so weird. He's just like me, like he's out of hand and like obnoxious. And so we kind of hit it off. So Chandler texted Dex and was like, we should get a team going. Like, do you have two, we should get two girls. So Dex texted me and was like, would you want to do Paris? And I'm just like, yeah, why not? And then he texted Brooke and was like, Brooke, do you want to do Paris? And she was like, yeah. So probably like a month out, the army had something happen and Chandler had a drop. So Chandler, who was like the maneuver of all this, we were like, crap, we need another guy now. And I knew Christian just from being in the Northeast, like knew of Christian. I actually didn't really like him because he was on like our biggest competitive, like, uh, competition in the Northeast for team. Um, he knows that and now I'm obsessed and I love him. But so I like reached out to him, like, would you want to do Paris? And he's like, yeah, but like, that was our first time training together. Like I met Brooke by like seeing her book bag and had like Haas on it. I was like, I think that's Brooke who I'm competing with this weekend. Like we like met at the airport, but we hit it off. That is insane. Yeah. And it was like, but yeah, we then same idea, like with Paris, we didn't really put this pressure on ourselves because we were kind of like, we literally, none of us have trained together. So um, we ended up taking second in Paris and we were like, well, 
this could kind of work out. Yeah. So. Well, and you, you took second because Dex is such a great swimmer, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst. Yeah, so much better. He's getting so much better. But it's just funny, like we kind of talked about before we started recording the podcast, like how our personalities are so different. And like, it just really works out because Dex is like silly and goofy and keeps us light. I'm kind of like a little bit more like serious during competition because I have like mental problems. Rook is like as hardcore and mean as they come. And then Christian's just like cool as a cucumber. So like those boys are so like encouraging to us. And Brooke is just like mean, mean to everyone involved. <laughs> Um, but it's just like a perfect, like it couldn't have worked out better that all four of our personalities just click because that's the biggest thing about team. Like half of it is just like, of course you guys working well together, but like you have to really enjoy who you're doing it with. Cause you're spending so much time, like in the hotel rooms, like even just downtime training, like talking, that's what's keep singing is our group chat. Um, but you got to like them too. And it just really worked out that they're just like awesome group of people. I'm so lucky. Yeah. Um, Dexon on his Instagram this morning took a picture of a pool and said, Jesus, take the wheel. And it just made me howl. <laughs> so funny. Like, I, yeah, he's just like a Kentucky boy that just like, I don't know. Brooks from Florida. I grew up on the Jersey shore, like Christian, um, you know, in uh, Long Island. So all three of us grew up on water. Like I got learned, I got taught how to swim by my dad, just like kind of chucking me in the waves, like figure it out, like survive basically. So things like that, you can't teach that when it was from a young age. So for Dex, it's just like a whole new ball game. You know? Like he's putting in the work and you know, we're proud of him, but yeah, he's every, everything about swimming. He's, he cracks me up. And Brooke told a great story about that where you and Christian did the long, the long run. They did kind of the sprint paddleboard, I think. Yeah. And, and Dex was barely moving on the paddleboard at all. And she's like yelling, just put your hands in the water. Let's go yelling at him because he's some bully. Well, and then she finishes way ahead of him. Right. And they yeah. actually caused a little bit of controversy yeah, at the event because they, the, the, cause we thought he would finish first. So we had the, you know, the timer on his chip or whatever it was, we had an exchange or whatever. But yeah, she has like such a prime example of, I'm sure Dex was still cheering Brooke on because the boys <laughs> are so sweet. Like in that six mile run, like Christian's like encouraging me, like you're doing great. Cause it's so, that's a long time to just be running next to someone. And at the end, I'm like, let's go. Like you're going too slow. At the end, I'm like, I'm so sorry for the things that I keep yelling at you guys when we're in competition, but they're like so sweet and encouraging and we just like are so mean to them. So, so after that experience, you decide that you're going to keep this team together. Yeah. And it was kind of like Christian was the only one getting coached by um, Jason Layden at the time. And Christian's like, I think it would be really good if we all just got on with Jason. So we all like also got brand new coaches and that's been really, really cool for like me personally because I think Jay is one of the things that I really was missing from my game the most just like he's just like makes you believe in yourself like more than like I would have so much negative talk and that's probably like another thing that I'm happy with that I've changed other than like wanting to do it for certain goals or for certain people but just like 
what you put out in the world or things that you say, like you're going to believe them. Like if I'm just like, yeah, it's like suck at muscle ups. Like the minute one that I met Jay, he was like, you're not allowed to say things like that. And it's just like, he's so cool. And uh, yeah, he's, and he's a nerd. He knows like his stuff too. So it's been like a really cool transition. And so then you went to the filthy 150. Yeah. And, and I got, I have to ask, like, where did, where did the meat squad come from? Just, is it Dex being Dex or did it? Dex, it's definitely Dex being Dex. I want to say it probably a part of it had to do with Chandler too. I think like him and Dex are like really goofy together. And they were like, yeah, we wanted to pick like the meatiest two girls because Brooke and I are also like not your typical CrossFit, like, like in the box. Like we both drink a ton of beer. We like love to eat chips. Like, <laughs> Our first time, like, being at a plane together, both of our flights were delayed, and we were stuck in an airport for, like, five hours and just got, like, we got, like, endless chips and got bombed wasted before we got on these planes, and it's just, like, funny, like, we both are just kind of, like, we love CrossFit, but it's not our job, and we still like to have a really good time, so they, like, uh, yeah, basically, they're calling us big girls, but we're just, like, thick, we love to, like, lift a lot of weights and um, our biggest sponsor at the time was Romwad. So it was like Romwad Meat Squad. Uh, and then in Paris, like they would say the name and like the accent, they'd be like, Romwad the Meat Squad. So it was, <laughs> it, like we couldn't not keep going with it. Yeah. So now it's just like any type of steak, meat, like Dexel, Texa. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you go to Ireland and, and what was that experience like? Like I would, I, I know in my, on my bucket list is to get to Ireland someday. Yeah. That's like one of the coolest things too, um, about like the sport that we do. It's just brought us like to so many, not only like meet so many awesome people like Dex and Brooke and Chris, but like we get to get, get to travel to really awesome places. Um, but yeah, Ireland is really, really like quaint and cute and cool, but a big part of it though is a lot of our time is spent like we need to be preparing for the competition so it's not like we're out sightseeing or going to all the different pubs or things like that um but yeah it was just like we got to do a lot while we were there um but I, yeah i don't know it was awesome both both paris and ireland were really cool but ireland obviously took the cake because we obviously won um and guinness is my favorite beer so like got to now, have now we're talking Ireland and yeah it was really yeah it was awesome yeah, it yeah was. before this podcast I actually did a craft beer podcast oh I would have been all over that and <laughs> I uh I I love stouts of any kind awesome. um so yeah and Guinness was my gateway drug into that so yeah yeah it's funny like we'll go to like a bar and all the girls like drinking like vodka clubs and I'm like stand there with my pint of Guinness like <laughs> When you're in Ireland, Ireland, you have to drink Guinness, right? Yeah, and that, yeah, and it was cool too. Like just that experience, like the taps, like we would have in America, or you know, all the different. It was just like seventy taps of Guinness. It was, <laughs> yeah, you have to go. So, so there's that that little Guinness uh, brewery in Maryland. I don't know if you ever been. That's really cool too. Awesome. We gotta make a trip. So, so you have this team together, and. Um, you know, according to Dex and Brooke, you know, there's no signs of you guys breaking up. You guys just love competing together. Yeah. And 
they cancel the games and we kind of approached that a little bit with what you talked about earlier in the podcast and, but your mindset was in a good place this time, right? So it didn't really even affect you. And then mayhem comes up with this wild idea that from an outsider's perspective looks like the coolest concept for a competition ever. Like I was like, because as a team's athlete, you do get overlooked, especially at games, like, which I'm not taking anything away from like the individuals, like, but I always felt like it should be two different competitions, like do an individuals, but then like allow people to also experience what the teams would look like. And obviously having Froning, like the biggest name transition of teams, it definitely gave a lot more like credibility or people shifting into that, uh, that route now, you know, big names like Scott Panchik is a games uh, team and, um, China Cho team, uh, that it should be, we should give, get given a spotlight as well. And I just thought why at like mayhem too, it just seemed like, you know, this, it was so cool for that to be a potential, but who knows, like with travel or we'll say it's supposed to be the yeah. end of August. So we'll fingers crossed. But It's funny. I actually have an L2 scheduled at mayhem the weekend that they moved it to. Oh, really? <laughs> so uh-huh. One of I'm I'm sure I'm the one getting bumped yeah. if it, if it yeah. goes off. They bump us and you can get your L two. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be so cool to just be there. And I know it would be a different experience in games. Like China and I talk a lot on Instagram because she has a love for wine as well. Actually, people that are listening are gonna think I'm an alcoholic, but um, we'll always joke around about like drinking different wine or things and just. It just seems like that competition would have been more Wadapalooza like than it would have been games. Like all of us got friendly. We would be together, compete. The whole idea of it being a knockout, like it just seems so cool. And then, you know, it's kind of like a bid as well on choosing which workouts you would want to put where. Uh, there was just like so much creativity in it that I think it. If it's not this year, I think it should definitely be something for next year. Yeah, that that part of bidding on the the workouts and where you want to place them so cool. strategically, like that, was so awesome. Yeah, like have you have you ever been to Cookville? No, no, I've never. Awesome. Oh my goodness, one of my favorite awesome. places on earth. Ah, yeah. So that was like another thing. Like I just want to go and have that experience. Um, so hope who knows, hopefully it just doesn't get, keep getting pushed back. Uh, but yeah, I was on the phone with Chandler cause he was going team for it as well. Um, especially the games being pushed back, but, uh, you know, we were both talking about like what workouts we want to choose. And it's, it was super strategic. Like if you think you're going to make it to the last day, like your fitness will take you far enough that you're saving it for your workout that you think you guys can, for the last day, it's like, Oh, you hope that you don't get bit right early. Get there. It was just, yeah, it's such a cool concept. It got everyone involved. So I think he did an excellent job, whether it works out or doesn't work out. So let's, let's finish with, I don't want to ask you what you're going to do in five years. Cause I know you don't know. <laughs> um, but let's, let's, what, what are some challenges that you want to put in front of yourself um, on this journey just to keep on, keep on doing what makes you happy? Yeah. Like I, I definitely want to keep doing the team thing just because I, if it wasn't those three, I'm not sure if I would transition to individual 
but because I think I'm just enjoying the process so much because of them um, that I'm going to stick with team and keep doing that. Hopefully they're all going to stick with it as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I hope in the next two years to do an Ironman, that's something that I'd like to do. And I know that would be super time consuming. So I'd have to like figure out if I would take a year off of CrossFit to get that type of training in and I would have different coaches for that. Um, do you have a location where you want to do it? I don't, I know. I don't know. My brother and I were looking up them the other day when we were on the beach. He does triathlons. So he's like totally invested in me doing like an Ironman. He thinks that would be, that would be great. But, and he says to me like, why don't you just do a half? Why don't you start with like a half? And I'm like, no, yeah. like if other people can do full, I can do full. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Um, it doesn't push you outside the box enough. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm not scared enough of a half. Uh, so I don't know, like Kona or something, but I think that's like the elite yeah. of the one I would choose. Um, I don't know, something about maybe the Great Lakes or something that has like flat water. So I'm not sure. But yeah, I'll have to look a little bit more into it. But it just sucks one of those things like so many things are canceled already up until next summer, like even races, marathons and things. That it's like to even choose. So I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. If whatever, something comes along, I've been trying to have this mentality of like, if something scares me, go say yes to it. Like someone, like even Chandler came to visit me and he's like, do you want to go rock climbing? And like, it's just nothing I've ever done before. And usually I'd be like, I don't really like do that. Or it's like, just like, yeah, I'm going to go and be like totally uncomfortable. And it was such a cool experience. Like, so I don't know anything that comes up that I'm just like kind of scary. And I think I should push myself to go do that. I'm going to go do Awesome. Yeah. Well, we really enjoyed this hour with you. That was a lot of fun. Um, I loved how you shared uh, kind of your mindset through a lot of that. Um, and I think that'll, that'll help a lot of people out there who are going through similar situations. Yeah. And I think just to like lay it off, because I know sometimes I can, that can come off as like, I don't have fear. Like, like I said, just um, like I do have performance anxiety. And I think that having that has, or to get over that has been doing things that make me uncomfortable. So like, I think when I, I used to look at elite athletes as like, they're just so out of reach. Like what they do is so impossible, but really it's just like anyone can do anything. That's the coolest thing in the world. Like if you set a goal and just work really hard, whether it's like weight loss or business or whatever it is, if you're just going to believe in yourself and work so hard at a goal, like anything is possible. And I think that's been the coolest thing for me to find out um, throughout doing all these things that scare you. It's like, once you kind of get there, yeah, we kind of talked about where you're like, eh, what else is next? But that's so cool that you're setting a goal and accomplishing it and still wanting more. And I think that's like, what's so, if I could strive for people that listen, like to do is just like, go do really scary things often and make yourself uncomfortable because like, you're just going to keep pushing that line further and further and look back and be like, damn, I did a lot of really cool things. Yeah. That, that's a great way it. to end the podcast. So thank you so much for taking time out, Kelly. We really had a blast. Um, and we hope to stay in touch and uh, maybe have you on again. Yes, for sure. Hopefully. Yeah. All thanks right. for sharing. It's been great to get to know you. Uh, good luck with your season, and hopefully we we have some madness to to watch soon. Yeah, hopefully your L two gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bye, Cal. Have a good one, Cal. See ya.
Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.